I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Tri-tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Hi, Sarah. Good to see you. Oh, Sarah. I'm so excited about this. (laughs) Mainly because, let's be honest, I have brought nothing to the podcast today. And you were doing the heavy lifting, um, but I get to basically sit back and listen to your your stories and your thoughts today. I'm excited I know, about this. I feel like sometimes I get going on a roll and like I don't give you enough chance to speak. So definitely like interject. No, t- to be fair, most of the time this is for our audience. Like most of the time, like we Sarah and I meet five p.m. my time, eight p.m. her time, which is like big commitment in my world. Um, to to record the podcast every Wednesday. And typically I just go, Hey, Sarah, what do you want to talk about? And she gives me three things. <laughs> and then we just, and then I write them down. And then those are the things we talk about. So occasionally I can bring something to the table, you know? Uh, this week it's 90% you because <laughs> my brain just went and yeah, went out the door. I can't even think of a, a good analogy there. Okay, never mind. <laughs> So Sarah, I wanted to, because I just got back from my, my skiing trip, which I love saying, like, I love saying like I go on a skiing trip because it makes, I think it like problem. Well, I assume it like conjures up in people's minds, like me, like, you know, slicing through like double black diamond. Yes. (laughs) No funny. Exactly. Double black diamond. I imagine you in one of those like one piece zip up suits. (laughs) It's a like, little bit of like rainbow colors. Like. Oh, totally. Just like <laughs> whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And then hanging out for your après ski cocktail. Right. Like oh, a yeah. really cool looking like hat with like a pom-pom. No earmuffs. No earmuffs. Oh, I have earmuffs in your, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, I was thinking that like, if I do get, if I do get any better at skiing, I'm going to invest not in skis, but in a one piece ski outfit. <laughs> Totally. Look like retro. fashionable out there. Retro, yes. Yeah. Like with stripes on it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's the, these are the, go- the, the goals. <laughs> so, so that's how you perform as long as you look good. That's right. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Um, okay. So, uh, as you may or may not know, I'm not sure. Um, Jamie grew up in Switzerland. Yes. And is in very good skier. That's annoying. At <laughs> very oh, the first time he took me skiing, it was like freaking hilarious. Like he was like, he was like skiing down the hill backwards beside me, videoing me, like while I, <laughs> while I actually thought I was skiing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so just like just to set the stage there a little bit. <laughs> so that every year, him and his friends take their kids and they go on this ski trip to a resort nearby which is like 
in the interior of BC, actually near Penticton for anyone who's been to tip a couple hours from Penticton for Ironman Canada lovers. Um, and it's a wonderful little like quiet mountain resort. And so this year, Rosie and I decided to join for the first time. Um, and of course he can ski, his kids can ski, all his friends can ski, his friends, kids can all ski. Like literally like the, tw- his like friend has a two-year-old who's a better skier than I am. Like, <laughs> this is like this is- Rosie had never been on skis. Oh, okay. cute. Yeah. So yeah. So long story short. So over the course of like a couple days, we did, man- you know what it's like? Well, first I'll tell Rosie's story, then I'll tell mine, but like over the course of a couple of days, we did manage to get her like up onto the skis. She was in a lesson. She bailed on the lesson. Like it was all just like, you know, you know how skiing is like, I, I'm hundreds of dollars into this at this point. <laughs> and so finally, like on the last day, I like, I just like, she bailed on a lesson and I went in and I like helped her. I wasn't supposed to be in this. Like it was like the ski school only like kids and instructors only. I just like walked in and was like, would you like me to help you? And she's like, sure. So like, I got her going like got her snow plowing down the little hill little kids hill Mm -hmm. so I was quite and and you know what it's like when you do you ski Sarah I have um I mean not a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what it's like when you are a like whatever level of skiing you're at (laughs) I think I'm not good I'm not good Okay. But I think whatever level you're at, you always think that you're skiing. Like, you know how, like, 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 yeah, yeah. You know, or especially like as a kid, like you put on skis, you snowplow down a hill and you're like, I did it. Look at me. I yeah. can ski now. Like, right. <laughs> right? so I think that was like the experience of like, you're moving, you went, she went from like slipping, sliding all over the place and falling to like standing up pizza <laughs> down the hill. <laughs> so did she enjoy um, it? I think so. She was smiling. Okay, yeah. good. Good. Yeah. So that was good. That was a bit of a win. Um, but I uh yeah, so I decided like I was also gonna have a lesson. Um, so we got me, I don't know what the I don't know what the uh, anyway, I I skied when I was little and then I only went skiing that one time, like as a as an adult with um with Jamie. And then I did this lesson <laughs> and, and then yeah the, actually the guy got me going pretty good it was pretty cool his his like he was like this 19 year old kid from Denmark and I was the only one that turned up to the lesson there was supposed to be like a group lesson but I was the only one there so I got this one-on-one and he kind of got me like going so I could actually like you know get go like ski like do something that resembles skiing um so I was pretty happy with that mm-hmm Nice. That's the whole story. I think that's the whole story. The other highlights of the story were that I thought I got a free lift ticket and I didn't, but I, but I didn't realize until I had like gone up the gondola a couple times up the chairlift. And then finally someone said like, your ticket doesn't include this chairlift because it was only supposed to include like the bunny hill. Oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, well, but I got whatever. Um, That was fine. And then the guy the other highlight of my weekend was that the guy who runs that there was like a tubing thing where it's like these tubing, big tubing slides thought that me, Rosie and Jamie's daughter were sisters. Oh yes. Yeah. That's so, the best one. That was, a, that was the last <laughs> night. I was like, and I've had a great weekend. That's awesome. <laughs> 
And they, did everybody hang out after skiing or? Mm-hmm. We had like a hot tub at our place. The group would like go to the pub. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just lots of, yeah. Lots of fun that, times. That sounds like a great weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Even though, okay. So your ski skills might not be that great, but they're better than they were the last time you went. <laughs> I'm at that place where I now have realized, like, and I think like, it was something that like I thought as people got older, like they didn't do things just because they didn't do things. Mm. <laughs> but like actually it's like harder to learn things. Yes. And a lot harder. And now that I have the peri like the perimeter, now that I have perimenopause symptoms, like I also am like, oh, and your body just doesn't show up the same way. Like you can't count on it every day. Sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. And so it's just like, oh. Any any time now I learn something new where I'm like, actually, I developed this skill further, which I get that from like CrossFit. I got it from skiing. I'm yeah. just thrilled. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter if I'm going from like extremely beginner to just slightly more than extremely beginner. Like, that doesn't matter if it can prove something physical. Like, I, and I love that. Well, but that also says something about you. And like, there's no ego, you know, like the, the you're okay going down the bunny slope like was of, yeah but a lot of a lot of adults don't want to try something new because they don't want to feel like they're failing right and in order yeah. to get good at something you have to fail a lot <laughs> that's actually true that's a very good point yeah although i feel like there's there's no ego until the tubing guy is telling me that i look like i'm rosie's sister and then i'm all ego <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but we're okay with that it balances everything out totally (laughs) just like make a fool of myself all weekend going up and down the buddy hill but (laughs) because he probably had been watching all weekend he's like that person clearly their skills are akin to somebody who's in you know probably like 13 years old or so yeah that's what it was Just starting out yeah he was like <laughs> you can tell by your ski skills that you're 14 <laughs> perfect <laughs> okay coming up on the show we have a voicemail a cheeky mouse update we're gonna talk about the aqua bike um what else? Oh, advice about needing external validation and what I learned when I stopped drinking. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just you know shrinking the men's products and we want your help. That's me, Sarah, and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy, and I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years, and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. That's IRONWOMEN, the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts, IRONWOMEN1515 at orca.com. 
www.thrivingmindset.com. All right, voicemail. Yeah, let's roll the voicemail. Hi, Sarah and Sarah. I have a cheeky mouse story for you as well as an Iron Man question. So I lived in an apartment with a mouse problem a couple of years ago and maintenance's brilliant solution was, here are some sticky traps, good luck. So I put them everywhere and you would think that I had plastered the kitchen in such a way that the mice couldn't possibly miss these traps and yet they found a way. But one mouse in particular must have been fairly cheeky because I found a trap that had mouse poop squarely in the center of the trap. There was no way that the mouse poop could have gotten on this trap and not the mouse unless it backed up cartoon style and managed to leave a poop for me just to say, ha ha, you're never going to catch me. Either that or some sort of mouse catapult. I have no idea. My point is, Sarah... I don't think you should give yourself a hard time for first thinking that the mouse had personality because I'm not sure that they don't. Um, Secondly, my Iron Man question. I saw on Instagram, someone I follow participated in 70.3 Galong, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, in the aqua bike category. And I confirmed with her that it was in fact an aqua bike category that she had an option to register for as opposed to her just starting the race and only choosing to compete in the swim and the bike and then DNF it. And so my question to you is, are you aware of how many races abroad have that option and how we can get them to bring that to North America? Thanks. Thank you for the voicemail. And I have so many questions about mice now and their abilities. I know. I like, I, although as she was talking about like the little poop being on the trap, I'm like, poop ended up everywhere. Like, I don't even know how it's like, like it was when I cleaned it out. I'm going to have to give you my update, but I cleaned yeah. it out. Like there was poop everywhere. Like just, I don't know how they poop. They It's like they shoot pellets out of their ass. Cause it was like everywhere. So then how in a, like basically sounds as though there are sticky traps all over the place and there was just one little poo. I know. I don't know. How, how does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So maybe mice do have cheeky personalities after Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 I prefer thinking that, oh, actually, do I? Oh, I'm going through a whole reckoning right now. I was going to say that I prefer thinking of mice as having little personalities mm-hmm. then I'm like yeah but we're kind of ruthless to them mm-hmm. so that makes it worse mm-hmm. so I'm going to prefer to think of them as just little brainless rodents without personalities yeah. and yeah because mm-hmm. now I feel bad yeah <laughs> I feel kind of bad too. Okay. So Sarah, I think where we left off, like I literally had, I was literally hoping that the mouse was going to put itself into another trap. Right. Itself. I think that was like, why of, of all the, like I, I told you, I probably told nine other people this, why nobody said to me, that is the stupidest idea. <laughs> That's probably not going to happen. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't this. I, I appreciated your naivete. 
<laughs> it was like wishful thinking. Totally. I was not going to have to deal with this while. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So it turns out you'll be shocked to learn that when I went to check, the mouse was still alive <laughs> and attached to the trap. But Sarah, it was attached like this explains why, because there was like weird noises. Like it was attached. It had, it had got itself into like a roller skate. Like at one stage last year, Rosie and I decided we we're going to take up roller skating. So I bought us both these like roller, like retro, like, you know, with the, not like inline skating, but like with the roller skating. Yeah, yeah. So it had got itself in, like, imagine like the trap is like just, and the it's stuck between the four wheels. Okay. And then the mouse's head is just like coming out <laughs> the front. So it was like not just dragging a trap. It was dragging a roller skate <laughs> around, around my pantry. <laughs> so maybe at least it had some fun in its final hours. I don't know. Like, but like, okay, so then, but then like I open it up and it's like lying. I can see it. It's like for all inter- intents and purposes, like. It looks dead. It's like totally listless sitting there, right? I pick the roller skate up from off of it. And then I put on a glove and I'm going to like pick up the back of the trap and throw the most of the garbage and take it out. That was my plan. Yeah. I get closer to it and little bugger starts wiggling (laughs) flailing. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah. So Sarah, and this is like after I talked to you and you had told me about drowning the rats or the, yeah. the mice. Sorry. Thank God it wasn't a rat. So yeah. So I was like, I then I realized very quickly, like, okay, I have to put like the right thing to do at that point is to like put the mouse out of its misery. Like there's no mm-hmm. it's bleeding. There was blood no. all over the yeah. Yeah. So like there was no like it wasn't just like a paw where I could like take it outside and set it free. Right. So Sarah, you're gonna laugh at me, but I could not handle like the wriggling mouse, right? So I got it like into a, I swept it like into a cereal box. Then my plan was to like pick up the cereal box, but even then I couldn't handle like I'm like if its wiggling body like hits my hand <laughs> from the cereal box, like I'm like I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like I might throw it. Like I just like I just like wasn't totally. So I attached a broom stick a broken broomstick I taped it to the cereal box so I wouldn't have to touch the box and feel its body and I dumped it into a pail of water and put it out of its misery oh my gosh that part's not great no it's not it's not fun that was not fun but like I I honestly like I sat I like really had I sat and thought about this like I'm like okay this poor mouse like has to this mouse is dead like for all intents and purposes already dead like I, it, I need to make it stop suffering. Like that was just clearly the right thing to do, you know? So that's what made it like kind of better. Yeah. Are there any more mice? No, no more mice. Okay. Okay. So, so when, when you were talking about that, sorry to interrupt you, mm-hmm. but I had this mental image of you like in some survivorist show <laughs> and just how terrible you would be. Like your basic survival skills are non-existent. <laughs> no. no, like if I had to... you would be so screwed. I would be so screwed. 
Yeah, I just like I can't deal. Like <laughs> just no, I wasn't even like I just when it started moving, I it was like, oh fuck no. Like <laughs> like, oh my god. Um okay, and then the funniest thing, like actually after, was that like I went to pick up Rosie like the next day. And was bringing her here. And I told her um, that, oh, because I still hadn't fully cleaned up. I'm like, when I get home, I got to finish cleaning up. Because like, I told her, like, this is what happened. We had a mouse come in. I caught it in a trap. I like, this, whatever. Like, I told her the story, right? And she's like, oh, I had a mouse in my playroom at daddy's house. I was like, oh, you did? Like, she's like, just this week. Like, it was like the same, whatever. Like, I was like, oh, like, oh, how did you? How did you get it out? How did you deal with it? Right. Cause like, here's me thinking I'm going to like call him up and bond over our mouse, over my mouse trauma, you yeah. know, whatever. She's like, oh, he just picked it up and took it outside. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a monster. Like, like, I'm like holding it hostage. It's like half dead in a pantry. It's bleeding. I'm drowning it. Like, it's this whole thing. He's like, yeah, he just kind of picked it up. It's like, what? (laughs) How? how Wait, that's an option? (laughs) It's like, wait, I took the wrong path. And so. I was like, well, how did he catch it? Like, I'm like, this is not like, he's not like quick reflexes McGee. You know what I mean? (laughs) So she's like, oh, her explanation for that was that I still need to follow up with him and find out what the story is. But like her explanation for that was like, well, it was a baby. So it's easy to catch. Like, I don't know if the babies are slower. And like, how do you know it's a baby? Because mine was pretty tiny. I don't know. There's their mice. They're tiny. I don't know. Like, so I need to get this full story because I'm like. Why didn't I think of that? Just remove the, <laughs> put something the mouse outside. <laughs> like, what? Did you tell Rosie how the give her the full story of the mouse? Most of it, yeah. So, yeah. I would love to ask Rosie what she thinks of you both now. No, now I'm like <laughs> scared to ask that question. Yeah. And then I also wondered who was it who told me. I think it was Jamie who told me, or did you tell me that like they sometimes they'll like if there's more than one, they'll like if if one of them gets caught in a trap, they'll like bring food to the one caught in the trap. Oh no, I didn't know about that. So I don't know if it's true or not. I just I think Jamie told me that. Anyway, I was like, I was wondering, I'm like, oh, is there like a is there like a two-way communication system here? So like did someone try to come and bring my mouse? That's why I haven't. This is my explanation for why I haven't had another mouse. Because someone came and brought it food. And the mouse that was in my pantry was like, like, get out of here. She's a monster. Like, save yourselves. Do not come in as a mouse. Like, we're dealing with a lunatic here. And so, and so I have no more mice. So whereas like in yeah. Glenn's house, the mouse is like back outside going, yo, bro, like we can just go in there, get the food. He'll just bring us back out. Yeah. <laughs> Saves the walk on a full stomach. That's right. <laughs> so, I don't know. Anyway, it was good to hear that other people have mouse problems. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, man. I... I hate to say I still think there are probably more, but 
It keeps our podcast listeners on the edge of their seats. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, now that we've talked about that for half an hour, um, this, like this reminds me of the time we talked about my earwax problem for like several weeks in a row. <laughs> um, anyway, we had a question about the aqua bike. Sarah, have you ever been at a race with an aqua bike? Yeah, I've never done an aqua bike. And I'm going to be totally honest. At first, I thought it was a little, a little cheesy. I'm like, aqua bike, what's the point? But then I opened up my mind and talked to people who've done aqua bike and love them. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe I didn't think of it this way. But so running's just so hard on your body. It lets people participate. And it's super awesome. And they love it. And I'm all for it. And I think every triathlon should have an aqua bike because why not? Like you're gonna have more people signing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. I'm pro aqua bike. I agree yeah. with that. We had um a an aqua bike when we had the we being Canada, <laughs> just we had the aqua bike at the um the sorry the World Triathlon like the the ITU age group worlds mm-hmm. in Penticton, and there was an aqua bike. And I remember I actually did think it was kind of funny too that you had like a you had like a national team for aqua bike. <laughs> Which the name, so the name is unfortunate. The name is unfortunate, <laughs> but like that weekend, I mean, but power to them. But they crowned like a, what do you call it? Where this, like this, not swim run, but like the one where you just do a swim and run. Um, a quathlon. A quathlon. Also, also an unfortunate name. <laughs> yes, yeah, they went like we had like a quathlon champions in every age group, and then the then the triathlon, the long distance triathlon, and then the aqua bike. Which yeah, I agree that like for inclusivity um it's amazing yeah and you can't always like if you want to do a relay well not every triathlon offers a relay and then you like I know a lot of people who are often looking for like a runner in fact I've been a runner a couple times for people who like they want to go in the triathlon but they can't run um so yeah I think it's pretty cool I and and I think that's really interesting the question about whether um a lot of because my experience in Canada or at least in Western Canada here is that like there's often an aqua bike category for that very reason like it encourages more participation more people in the sport um opens up the doors yeah yeah I mean I guess from a logistics standpoint really it's just a matter of making sure that people are in the right category and you're not trying to pressure people to get running <laughs> when right. they rack their bikes. Yeah. Like you, I guess you just have an, you just must have like a bike. I've never done one. So Wait, I don't really know. You must have like line? a bike finish line. You must bike must through be... a finish line. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think occasionally you like rack your bike and then run through a finish line. Yes. Like so, you run. Yeah. Right. The, the IT world championship was at the same time as Collins cup. And that's exactly what happened where you, you run a little bit. Right, you just ran into the finishing shoot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but I think it was a fairly long run. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah. Go by the mini, the mini run. On the... <laughs> no, the... it, like I, I think it was like a maybe a kilometer. I mean, it was really? it was way yeah, it was way longer than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there, there is that. You have to make sure that you can't do like a point to point um you know transition 
like mm. at needs to be near the finish line. Right. Yes. Yeah. Because especially if people are like, what if people, if someone can't run and they have to walk a kilometer to get to them, it's like, right. Mm-hmm. But I, it, yeah. Cause that doesn't seem fair. Cause the whole point of doing it is that you don't have to put that, you know, that physical burden on people. Like, cause that's, yeah. All right. So we're pro aqua bike. We are, we are a pro aqua bike yeah. podcast. <laughs> we encourage all race directors to add an aqua bike. Anti aqua bike as a name, though. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why it makes me cringe, but it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, both the aquathlon and yeah. the aqua bike need an upgrade of name. Totally. But other than that, we're we're all for it. <laughs> okay, so Sarah, you were looking for some advice around someone needing external validation. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh my goodness. This is never ending. So one of, one of the members of my cohort, mm-hmm. it is nonstop, nonstop need for external validation. Mm-hmm. And okay. So we both have been around athletes with egos, whatever. There's a little bit of external validation needed. Like all of us at some point feel a little fragile and we need the people around us to kind of boost us whatever. Oh no, this is every single day, every single day in multiple contexts where it's like, yeah, I was, oh my goodness. I, I, I have so many examples, but I don't. Okay, yeah. I need an example. I, wanna... like, I need to understand okay. how this plays out, like how you have come to know that this person is like craving external validation so much. Uh, so every time something essentially is brought up in, I know her entire resume, which may or may not be inflated because it seems questionable, <laughs> but it's all right. Example, okay. example. example. Okay. So in one of my courses, we're learning how to do uh, basically intelligence testing. and. We were having a discussion about um, uh, extremely, extremely high IQ folks. Okay. So people whose IQ is so high that they're essentially non-functioning in society. Um, unless at a, a, a really young age, you know, they are given a specific uh, pathway to like basically go to MIT at like 10. And she brings up that she was in um, the gifted and talented program (laughs) in school growing up. And the instructor, you know, she's a clinical psychologist, like, you know, very generally like, "Uh uh-huh. So I would imagine that basically everybody in the cohort did something similar, you know, but we're not talking about like smart people. We're talking about extraordinarily smart people and this is this is a very rare occurrence um if you're talking about you know percentage and we go along a few more minutes later after after the instructor starts talking about how um you know a lot of these a lot of these folks uh they'll like you know first grade kindergarten because it's very social 
And they enjoy that part. It's a new stimulus. But then you start to get it in like second and third grade or grade and they're checked out. Um, you know, there's a really like they're just not interested in school because it's super boring. Um, and like they they challenge uh, they challenge their teachers a lot. There's a lot of substance abuse, like, you know, low rates of graduation. I'm thinking of like young Sheldon right now. Yeah, except without uh, drive. Okay. So, and a lot of substance abuse, like, just don't fit in society. Mm. Um, Like, have a hard time getting along with people just because you can imagine if you, you know, if you have super, super high IQ trying to talk to, like, an eight-year-old, a normal (laughs) eight-year-old. It's it's tough. It's tough. (laughs) Um, And talking to normal adults is tough because mm-hmm. you know they're not on your level uh and all of a sudden she pipes up about how oh you know i am having a revelation right now so m- like i was pretty bored in school and like i didn't i didn't really want to go and my parents thought that uh you know that i was like underachieving and basically trying to get make this point that oh she God. is extremely gifted (laughs) and i'm just dying and okay she's pretty smart but at no point at no point has there been any indication that this human being is like so brilliant Mm -hmm. as to be (laughs) non-functional right Oh, <laughs> and again, the instructor, bless her. She, I love your instructor already. <laughs> she's like, uh huh, uh huh. Okay, so we're going to move to the next slide. Um, but like, you know, just you know, like, just like, okay, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. But like, I'm not going to engage. Um, and so that's that's an extreme example. But Sarah, every t- every lecture, like every class, it's nonstop. Um, and it comes like I'm trying to come from a place of empathy. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, okay, this is somebody who probably has a really low self-esteem and, you know, just like needs it. She she craves it. Um, but oh. It gets in the way. It gets in the way of my educational process. And that's what pisses me off. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I was thinking a couple of things. One of the things I was thinking is, you know how like <clears throat> the stereotype of like psychology students, like diagnosing themselves with everything. Yeah. 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 Except for like only diagnosing yourself with like the things that are like extremely flattering. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> You're right. Because. At no point has she raised her hand and like, oh my goodness, like I am a narcissist. Right, <laughs> right. Like that's not happening. It's only like, I'm having a revelation. I am, I am, I am, I IQ. Okay. So the, the next thing I'm thinking is like, like, so this person's training to be a clinical psychologist. Oh, I know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know, sorry. Sir. I'm just confirming that because I like a little bit of shock. Okay. Uh, yeah, every day I am too. 
So then my next question becomes like, do you, in part of your course, which like, I've never thought to ask about this before, but like, yeah. do you get at some point, like some kind of psychological evaluation? I, I think we should. I think we should 100%. <laughs> I think, and is that a thing or did, did or is this just our brilliant idea? This is our, well, so for some, like, if you want to do basically psychoanalysis, like there are some psychoanalytic schools where that is part of it, um, where you have to be analyzed essentially, but no, that's not part of it. Your psychological health does not determine whether or not you can treat people, which seems Again, I'm trying to come at it from the right. So, so there's part of me where I'm like, "Ooh, I really am interested Mm -hmm. in this person's process. Mm. Like, I want to know where you like, where does this come from? Like, you know, what, what, what function does it serve for her? Mm -hmm. So that's the part of me where I'm really curious. And then there's the part that's pissed off because I'm like, why are you bringing up yourself again in class? Because this is really disruptive. Yeah. Yeah. I see both those perspectives. I was, yeah. I was thinking of that, the empathy piece too. Like what has someone been through that they are looking for that kind of external validation Yeah, so much um, and willing to say that out loud. Like, right. It's really, um. And then social, there's another aspect where socially, like, I recognize that I'm really wary of her mm-hmm. where, you know, she, she wants to engage and, you know, like there's a little bit of arms distance because I don't know. I hope I don't have to explain why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I'm such a big proponent of like, it's okay to like, like people from a distance. Like, yeah, I can look at you. I can have empathy for you. I can like some aspects of your personality and we don't have to be besties. Like that's okay. You know, yeah. like I think that's fine in all aspects of life. So yeah, sometimes boundaries are normal and appropriate. I, I feel um, like it would be probably draining, a little exhausting hmm. to yeah. engage too much. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Well, it sounds like it's exhausting anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm bringing it up in my podcast about tra- triathlon-ish yeah. topics. <laughs> <laughs> She's not a triathlete. <laughs> this has nothing to do with triathlon. Yeah. Oh, I feel sad for her. Me too. Yeah. But also I'm annoyed. <laughs> yeah, totally. And the, the thing that you said about like affecting your learning experience. You know? Yeah. I don't have any advice. This is supposed to be what? an advice. This is supposed to be an advice segment. I'm like, oh, hmm. Yeah, I do. I like your, the setting of boundaries. I'm slightly concerned about her being a clinical psychologist out in the world. Um, yeah, I have no advice. Yeah. Setting your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just, um, I know, I know there's a lack of self-awareness about how my, mm. her behavior might affect the people around her in mm-hmm. class mm-hmm. and there's that little part of me that's like the corrective part that wants to be like hey hey 
you know, when you do this thing, yeah, <laughs> but I'm not going to mm-hmm. because I, I don't know. Yeah, it would not go over well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not your job, unfortunately. That's not my job. Yeah, not my job. Well, fortunately, that's yeah, not your job. Maybe, maybe I'll very gently ask if uh, she's seeing a therapist. <laughs> Well, maybe if you get it, this is okay. Okay. Now. Yeah. You're good. I, I think now I do have a little bit of advice based on the direction you nudged me, but like, but like sometimes with things like that, I like, I just stop. Okay. Like wait for an opening. Right. Because part of the reason that you can't, like you can't give her feedback is because you perceive her to be like, not open to that feedback. Right. Right. But like, maybe it's just about like, okay, if you do sense a moment in which she might be receptive, like maybe a time that she's been vulnerable, like that she's being vulnerable for another reason or something like that. Like then perhaps there's a space, if there's like a little opening, you could give a little bit of feedback, which is like, and like from that empathy place, obviously in the way that you, like that you would, because you're so empathetic, which is, which like, which might be to be like, you know, whatever, to come at it from that perspective. I don't really know how you (laughs) tell someone to stop diagnosing themselves with being amazing. Um, But (laughs) I diagnose myself with the best. Although (laughs) I have to tell you that (laughs) actually, actually Jamie's coming up a lot today, but like that actually like one of our like inside jokes is that like, I always talk about how amazing I am. in our our conversations so I'm like but now I announce it I'm like okay now's the part of our evening call where I'm gonna tell you how amazing I am (laughs) like and then say the good things you know what I think with our our partners we should have a little bit of that should we have that in a classroom (laughs) and I think like diagnosing yourself as like high IQ to the point of being non-functioning, it's like <laughs> a whole other level like that. It's not. I am a genius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I could see an opening, like if you're, if she at some point is vulnerable about something, you know, and being able to say, listen, like, like not making it about her, obviously, and just being kind of like, listen, this, um, when you say something like this, it makes me feel like yeah. this, you know, right. and then. So you might find that you have a moment of that, like that you can't make that up. You can't make up the timing. It just will be or it won't be. Yeah, I I think what's hard is that just like the self-preservation piece of me just Mm -hmm. says avoidance. Right. And you don't owe her that, right? Like I don't, that's not your problem to solve. My education. (laughs) Your education though does need to be protected. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we like the, the stories I have about your cohort. Like, I feel like, are, like, whatever happened to the girl who was like pitting you against someone else? Who, oh, who would... you know, I so I did bring I brought that up to the people in the bathroom. Oh, who you were did talking about me. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And, so and a qu- quick recap, just, laugh. just, just give <laughs> us a quick recap. Just oh, the recap was basically the start of uh my first semester I walk into the bathroom and there are a couple of my classmates who are talking about what 
who would win in a physical fight between me and another person in the cohort. (laughs) (laughs) And so you did bring this up with them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did bring it up. Um, and like they both have pretty good senses of humor like we just laughed about it like you said Mm -hmm. um and i think i made my point that like i'm good at going in straight line long distances but i'm i'm not very aggressive and i'm not like i would be terrible in a fight (laughs) that's just not my that's just not my thought you (laughs) too yeah so my understanding is it was based f- from my like they decided to pit the um you know the physically fit person against the very uh emotionally reactive person mm. in the co <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like the best you could do is run away quickly exactly. she would never catch you yeah yeah i hear that hear that there's actually uh, there's this um i don't know if she's on tiktok i usually see her on reels there's like a u.s national team rugby player who makes some really some really fun content and one of the things that she i forget her name now but um one of the things she posted the other day was like it was just like a little reel of her talking and she's like you know what i hate is like when i go into like a fitness class like orange theory and then they like then they know that, or like, I tell them that I'm a professional rugby player and they expect that because I'm a professional athlete, I'm good at everything. She's like, I am not. <laughs> like, basically, just like, do not. She's like, if you put me on a rugby pitch, yes, I will beat you. But like, kettlebells and running, no. Like, <laughs> I'm just not good at that. It was so funny. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's like, that's literally like I sometimes feel that expectation of like oh she's an ex-triathlete so she's good at all the things like nope not not oh yeah not good at lifting heavy shit not good at skiing (laughs) like there's a list a long list no there were there were that happens this week so uh it was a nice springy day and a couple of the members uh the class were were like throwing around a football um and one of one of the yeah so lauren one of the members of the class she is a very unathletic person decides she wanted to try to kick the football mm-hmm. um and i'm walking by and she's like sarah should do it sarah's a really good athlete i'm like no 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 i don't do that <laughs> i don't kick footballs I don't kick footballs did you Not do it did you try no, 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 no. But balls is not a trap. No. <laughs> did, did you ever see when this is, goes back before COVID when we were doing, remember we did the pineapple challenge in? Yeah. COVID? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, Sarah Crowley, who yeah. had come, I think she'd come third or fourth like the year before in Kona, like quite a well-known athlete. She messages us before, like, she's like, I have an idea I'm going to do. I think it was like an Aussie rules, like kick with this pineapple like she was like planning it out she's like is it okay like because she didn't want to do the like squatting with the pineapple on her head she's like gonna do the aussie rules we're like sure you could do your you could make up your own pineapple challenge like i loved i love the like (laughs) 
<laughs> like you did with the hula dancing, like showing up with a plan, you know, <laughs> like, so we're like, sure. She didn't, well, we didn't get her to drop kick an actual pineapple because she could like end up with a broken bone before that. <laughs> but she drop kicked pineapple buddy who was the pineapple stuffy that we carried around with us. And it like, she was so good at it. Like she, she sent it for <laughs> freaking sailing. It was amazing. It was like a reel that we put on our. Um, That's amazing. Sarah Crowley skills. Sarah Crowley, yeah, just who okay. knew? You know, so never mind. Maybe some triathletes do know how to kick a football. Yeah, she's the exception, not, this not the one. rule. Like that was why it was so amazing, because we were like, "What? Like foot? Like what? What do you call the equivalent of hand-eye coordination? Like foot-eye coordination? Like sure. wow, like way to go! Yeah, yeah." Okay, let's take a break. Wow, we talked about this stuff for a long time. Um, and then I'm going to tell Sarah what I learned when I stopped drinking. As a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore, one of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good, and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. The Amino Co's Perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. What's even better is that Amino Co's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 2.30 whoa, and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram for gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, Use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash riding. The fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your inside tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. 
So if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. Okay, so I have been increasing my alcohol consumption Mm -hmm. since I started my doctoral program. Um, So I would say before I started, I was like maybe one alcoholic beverage every six weeks. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like probably, you know, one a week, two a week, which is a big increase. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's this about you going the opposite direction? That's still that's still not very much alcohol, by the way, although I have noticed like I did notice those, I think it was like two or three weeks in a row where you had a glass of red wine um, and I noticed it because <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know if you knew if you drank at all. Um, okay. So I decided like there were a couple studies showing that like, you know, the one or two glasses of red wine a day that we used to think was like good for you might not be good for you. Um, I also like with, I was aware that with perimenopause, like sometimes the alcohol stops you sleeping in addition to like sleep being disrupted anyway. And then also I was getting heart palpitations um, and that can be related to alcohol. So I wanted to, both my doctor told me that. And I know Celine had someone on the podcast who also said that. So I um, decided I was going to try not drinking. How much were you drinking before? I was drinking one to two glasses a day. Okay. So what they like have recommended you know, yeah, it, I did. I do not consider that an excessive amount of alcohol. No, no, I didn't no. think like, you know, if people drink one or two glasses a day, like I have no like zero judgment. Like this, this is not a, I wasn't judging myself. That's a very mm-hmm. normal. Yeah. Very normal. It's not yeah. like you were consuming multiple bottles a night and yeah. getting heart palpitations. And you're like, maybe, maybe I need to make a change. Maybe. Yeah. It was like, I'll just try this. Okay. So, mm-hmm. but, so first of all, a couple things, one, like I, did like after a week, I decided I was going to go like completely dry for one week. Mm-hmm. Right. And then see how I felt about it. Like just reassess like one week. Isn't that long. Right. So I did buy some like de-alcoholized wine. Um, Cause I knew I was going to need something to replace it. Like I think water. That, yeah. No, it wasn't going to work for me. Like <laughs> really it wasn't. Okay. So this is, I'll, I'll, I'll try to be quick. Cause I know what this is like way past Sarah's bedtime. We've been talking forever now, but like, I, I okay. One thing was like, the one thing I was really surprised about was that the, like the actual um, ritual of having like de-alcoholized wine, even though it actually didn't taste as bad as I thought it was going to taste. So I thought it was going to be terrible. It was like mediocre, right? Better than I thought. So both, there's this rosé that I like that I'm actually drinking right now. And then there was a red, it was like also mediocre. So they actually like the ritual piece like actually provided a lot of like that moment of like where I'm like deciding I'm going to unwind. I'm going to start cooking for the evening. or I'm going to sit down and watch a show. And then I have a glass of wine. Like that whole ritual could like stay intact. And like most of it, the relaxation I felt from it, like I got without having alcohol in the wine, which was like really interesting, like psychological or whatever that is. Like definitely like most of it, I'd say I got like 60 or 70% of like everything involved in that ritual without actual any alcohol, which is more than I expected. And then secondly, like I started sleeping way better. 
Um, and I, which actually had like an upside and a downside because the upside was I was sleeping better and I felt good and I didn't have like a lull in the afternoon anymore. Um, the bad side was that like, I used to use like, so essentially I would wake up like between typically, usually not at four 30, but sometimes sometime between five and six, I would wake up in the morning and I'd start working. And even when I had Rosie and I had to take her to school, I would get like a solid two hours of work typically on most mornings in, but I started like sleeping for an extra half an hour to an hour. And that like deeper work that I would spend that two hours on, like I didn't get that time. Oh, right? And that time like wasn't replaced later, even though I felt better later in the afternoon. Right. I would typically be in like meetings in the afternoon or doing something else. And like the idea of going back to like deeper work, like spreadsheets or planning or anything else at 4 PM, like is difficult for me. Right. So like that brain time in the morning got like used up. Um, And then I also found that I like, I kind of like missed it. Like the actual, like some days I wanted the like 100% of relaxation. It's really weird because I would have like, I had more energy in the evening. So when it was time to like clean up from like clean up in the evening, you know, it's like, I'm cleaning up the dishes. I'm making sure everything's like mostly the kitchen, but making sure the laundry's done. Everything's like whatever, like 7 PM. Like typically I would be 7, 8 PM. I'd be like dragging my ass doing those chores if I had a glass of wine but I would feel good doing it. Right. But sometimes I missed like feeling like just like feeling more relaxed and tired in the evening. Mm. So what's, are you going to find a compromise? I have. Yeah. So like, I just, I, I don't like, so I just started like drinking a little bit like where, or I just like keep tabs on it. Like even last week at one point, cause the thing with wine is like once you're, because I'm the only adult in my house, a lot of the time, it's like, once you're in it, you're in it. Like three days later, you better be done the bottle of wine or it's going to add, right? Unless you get the little bottles. The little stubbies. I couldn't find any, but I should actually try to look for those. That's a good solution. Because I think like, so like last week, for example, like I had like a glass and a half and a wine three days in a row. And then I like didn't drink for several days. But it's, that's a bit like, I'd rather have it like one day and then nothing for four days. I don't think I would set a schedule, but I wouldn't, when I do drink, I, I still like red wine. So actually I like your solution of the little stubbies. Yeah. If, if anybody has any solutions for potential solutions for Sarah, let her know. <laughs> By drinking, non-drinking, how to drink and not yeah, drink at the you same know, time. Well, I don't know. I don't know enough about wine, like how you divvy up over course of a week, a bottle without it getting a little, eh. Yeah. Cause that's, that's actually what, one of my problems is I end up making like a lot of like stews because I just use the the wine for deglazing and like half a bottle of wine, but that's that seems like a waste of money. Maybe I need to get stubbies too. Yeah. I don't know. They uh, should make they should make like portions of wine that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Oh. And if anybody has any uh solutions how to deal with um my cohort member oh yeah <laughs> I, I, I would really off. love to hear from someone about that because <laughs> i don't know sarah yeah but in the meantime thanks for listening to if we we're writing and we'll check in with you next week none of you people can tell me to stop my town my crown we know what it takes to be reaching the top we're reaching the top we're reaching the top we know what it takes to be reaching the top